Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast number 182. I'm your host, as always, David Palermo. Follow us along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. Numb Bills Fan everywhere. And here is Mike Smith again with his top six quarterbacks. Also, draft scenarios. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast for Podcast 182. As promised, I am back with Mike Smith. And uh, you can find him on Twitter, Fantasy Smitty. He will be, obviously, as always, the fantasy football correspondent slash host uh, for Numb Bills Fan or whatever this thing's called. So, Michael, what's the topic we're going to dive into? I'm really excited about it. Well, they say the top five, but I I gotta go six. I like uh, I like surprising number six better than many like uh, some of those in the top five. So we're gonna call this segment Mike's top six QBs right in the title, along with uh, draft strategies or draft scenarios, comma draft scenarios. So we'll roll with that, Mike. So. Do you want to go through each one, or do you just want to just have a general hodgepodge, and I could just pick it apart? Because I have a couple questions to ask after you go through your thing, and I'll make a couple notes right here. Um, so well, I do need to know accuracy and, and, and intangibles. Let me, uh, let me ask you something. If your quarterback is number one ability, what would it be? Would it be accuracy, the ability to read coverages, Arm strength, what would you say is the most important? Accuracy. So you're saying accuracy. I would I would say the ability to read coverages. It doesn't matter how accurate you are with the ball if you don't know where you people can, are going to be. You can teach that. Ball over. You can teach that. You, you can teach when, that? With, yeah, so with accuracy, I'm always looking at footwork. Whenever the ball is thrown off, like E.J. Man is a prime example, very easy Look where his feet are. They always show the replay. And, and and I was just texting with Eric Turner at Cover 1 about this. Um, and I told him, and I'll give you my little preview, mic, and then you can go through your top six. I was telling him, am I crazy to want Baker Mayfield? Because of all the research I've done, which is no tape, just everything I listen to a podcast, on Pro Football Focus podcast, um, Lockdown Bills, great stuff. Cover 1, an NFL draft podcast now. It's awesome. Great stuff. Um you know, so what I'm getting at, Mike, is to me, Baker Mayfield has accuracy. He has anticipation. He has confidence in the guys around him that he plays with, and he has an attitude. And if people want to say he's too much of an attitude, well, one of the biggest assholes ever, Jim Kelly, played for the fucking Bills, and we loved him. So guess what? Well, I'm watching, Bring him uh, I'm in watching here. the Texas footage right now, and the uh, the ability to move around the pocket is quite impressive. So let me finish. Let me finish. So what I talked with Eric about is, if you watch Tom Brady, he is a master with footwork, just a savage with footwork. And how? And, and the biggest thing you can always see with Tom Brady, hate him all you want. We hate Tom Brady or I hate Tom Brady because he's what we wish we had in Buffalo, which is a guy who is disrespected in Notre Dame because of a hot shot ahead of him. He gets drafted late. 
looks like a pudgy bastard at six foot four, and he develops into something awesome, gets an opportunity, makes the best of it, does what the coaching staff asks of him, and, and he's flourishing. Okay, and yes, I hate it. It fucking sucks, and he still swallows fucking for quarters. Okay, and where's Uggs? Anyways, that's a joke if you don't see the shirts at the stadium for Patriots games. So Tom Brady always sets his feet. Always sets his feet. You know, and I'm not saying he's the most accurate. He has his ups and downs. But there's not that many good quarterbacks now. So it's not like he's got that much competition. But his feet are always set, Mike. His pocket presence, his sliding around is amazing. It's amazing that at 40, he's deciding to run more than ever. You know what I mean? And it's like, come on. You know when Peyton Manning going some read option sets, he is not running the ball out of the fucking pistol. Get out of here. Stop. Anyways, Mike and Rant. Mayfield's my guy. I'll follow up with you after your six. But accuracy, that's my case for accuracy. I think you can Mayfield. be taught to read defenses. You can learn to read them better. but you, Cam you know, Newton is not that accurate, that. but he's kind of like a beast, you know? All right, we'll get He's the com- we'll get the so we'll get the player time. comps. Yeah. We'll get the player comps later. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So let's start. Let's go. Let's start at number six and work our way to number one. Okay. Okay. And uh, for number six, I'm going with the big arm, the big gun. Wah, wah, wah. Josh Allen. I'm sorry. Guy's got a cannon, but. If there was a building out on the field, I'm not sure he'd hit it. Is he okay. EJ 2.0? Well, he's far more um, – he's got way more arm strength than EJ. I mean, his his arm strength is literally off the charts. And, um, I mean, obviously I haven't watched him do his drills and stuff, so I guess I'll just have to take, you know, experts' words that he literally may have the strongest arm that they've ever seen. Um, so, but yeah, his arm strength is incredible. Unfortunately, his problem is his accuracy is not, um, he had a poor completion percentage and he didn't have a very good team around him. He was under duress a lot. Um, but even when he had time, I countless times watching footage, watched him overthrow, underthrow wide receivers. He would rarely hit his receivers in stride to give them the ability to, make big plays down the field. He was obviously able to make some throws that some quarterbacks cannot throw um, if he could move around and create some time to give his receivers time to go downfield. Um, but due to his accuracy issues, um, I myself put him at number six. Can um, I uh, follow in after you're done with him? Go ahead. All right. So, Here's my thing with Josh Allen. You ready for my conspiracy theory? Go ahead, Mr. Conspiracy Theory. Um, I understand it's Mel Kuyper's job, some guys, to predict what the teams are going to do. Um, but I heard a gentleman on NDT from NDT Scouting on with Chauvin Bulldog. And I forgot his name. Sorry, bud. But he brought up the point that every independent researcher that they know that is not Obviously, that means you're not part of Fox, you're not part of NFL Network, you're not part of the big four letters, anything that has to do with the NFL paying them. Um, They all have this Josh Allen kid, some going number one. 
And it's like what we have here in life, Mike, and you're noticing this with construction, which is something I'm trying to integrate here. Thanks, Kevin Masseri at Lockdown Bills for helping me with this. Um, but I'm building a website for Bring It On Home, Inc., uh, my remodeling company. And my wife is doing paperwork, all sorts of cool shit. And um, I'm, it's really building. It's, it's fun. And it's like, you know, you have to, um, you have to kind of like build like an, in, like an, an infrastructure. You follow me? And it's like with Josh Allen, I just don't think you can correct them. Does that make sense to you? I know it kind of, kind of went like some weird way. I just think like if you're not accurate out the jump and you got all these guys going from flip phones to iPhones in life, you follow me? Like we're businesses. Yeah, they don't even have a website because they're like, what's a website, man? And it's like really middle America in construction. It's like what I'm getting at here is if Josh Allen slides at a second round or goes really deep in the first round, like if he slides at a second round, I'm going to know that Mal Kuyper and all those dudes are all full of hot shit and they're getting paid from other sources to put that information out or they're told to put that information out, which well, yeah, obviously they are, but it's he like... Could be, he could be the perennial goat where everyone says, oh, this guy is great, this guy is great. They want people to think that they think that he's so great, so they take him before they even get the opportunity but all along, they don't want him. That could very well be the case, Dave. I could see that, and normally you wouldn't say, hey, this guy's great, we want this guy. No, you say, we want this guy, so someone else takes the guy that you actually don't want, you know? So the guy you really do want is sitting there. Um, How does he but, compare to Cardell Jones? I mean, his footwork's better, his ability to throw is better he can read coverages better um i mean he's more polished and he will play in the nfl don't get me wrong he's going to start in the nfl he's not gonna just come in and flop he needs to learn touch and he needs to be more accurate with the ball if he can become more accurate with the ball he can be a gunslinger like brett Favre, but he's not so i'm not going to take him the first overall pick because that may be who he is. So that's why I put him at six because of the six, I found him to be the least accurate um, on game tape. All right, quarterback number five. What do you got? Quarterback number five, I have Lamar Jackson. Okay. Lamar Jackson, although he too has a low completion percentage, partially that was because – they were throwing downfield. He, he's an aggressive thrower, but he has an ability to move around. He typically does keep his eyes downfield. He's not always looking to run, although the team had him do a lot of QB draws, and those were written up. You could you can always tell when it was a design QB run because immediately after he pulled the ball down, it would go right under his arm. But if he was in a duress situation, he typically keeps the ball up and he looks downfield. He is pretty good with touch and um, you know throwing. He throws a pretty decent deep ball, um, and uh, he's he's got skills that n- none of the other quarterbacks in the league, let alone in this draft class have, um, his ability to make plays with the ball is something special. 
Um, I definitely see with the right offense and the right team around him. Um, if you run a uh, offense that's catered to a style, he could be he could be something special. I'm not one of these people that thinks he should go play a different position by any means. Is he Tyrod Taylor 2.0? He's better than Tyrod Taylor. Really? Really? There's no like if they like literally. I think coming right into the league, he will be better than Tyrod Taylor from day one. Um, I wouldn't say he's quite as good as Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Watson. Watson. Right. Obviously, he would be higher on this list, but he's good. He's not. He he's not afraid to throw the ball. And you know, obviously, our big discrepancy with Mr. Taylor. He's not afraid to throw to someone who is covered. He's not afraid to throw them open. Um, you know, so. That's why I say today he's better than Tyrod Taylor. Okay. that So my biggest worry with Lamar Jackson is if you got rid of Tyrod, you're getting 2.0. At the same time, even I, believe it or not, people, who's getting Tyrod Taylor fatigue because there's some games I'm like, dude, there's only so much time when I'm watching this game in the stadium and I'm seeing dudes open and you can't anticipate they're going to be there. There's so much real estate. You, you, you got to I mean? throw. And then the thing with Tyrod Taylor he, unless people were open, open, he didn't want to throw. He was still hesitant. Lamar Jackson is not going to be hesitant. He's going to be confident in his throws, and he's going to throw that 50-50 ball. And it might not even be a 50-50 ball in his mind because he can throw um, receivers open. Okay, okay. So now after this, Mike, the teaser is, is I'm going to pick who I want and how they go. Okay. okay. And even though I really want Mayfield now, um, this could I have two and three. Okay, so is that it for Lamar Jackson? Because, I mean, Bill's fanatics and uh, and even I think uh, Eric Turner was really high on Lamar Jackson. And to me, the reason I get bummed about Tyrod is like any defensive coordinator will say that dude gives you fits. You know, that dude gives you fits. But the thing is with Tyrod that I'm more open to now than ever is like, man <sighs> – if you're not going to throw to the guys, you're really utilizing a lot of cap space and a lot of stuff. And Absolutely the Bills have no. had great run games for how long and how many championships have they won? I mean, that was actually um, my wife's cousin, Jesse. Shout out to him. Jesse Cook there at uh, anybody needs geotherm work. So, um, like solar panels and such. He does it. But, um, you know, he brought up the point. He's like, to me, and, and it's like, man, I kind of. I was like a little kid when the Bills, you know, to understand really football when the Bills are doing anything in the 90s. You know what I mean? And it's like this dude's older than me by about, I think, eight years. So so he's got to see it and understand it totally. And it's like, you know, the Bills offense in, in the 90s would still hold up today. And it's like. Jesse's point to me was, dude, we've seen a great run game for how many years? It's not working. And the Bills need a damn quarterback that can at least be a threat. And and it's the damn truth. It really is. And it's so hard for me to detach from these quarterbacks when we invest time into. Even Ryan Fitzpatrick, I wish I was so pissed at way we caught him because he hurt. Uh, McDermott and Hackett there they thought Fitz was going to be there and it would have been great for EJ to learn under that and then they got Kevin Cobb who wasn't as proven 
and he slips on a damn mat, and it was kind of cool to see Fitzpatrick play with the Jets where he actually did have receivers, where he actually did have a decent defense, you know? And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, it is more exciting football, and your wide receivers get more stats, but it's Tyrod Taylor and Fitzpatrick are the same player. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's like the same output. Whether you're Fitz throwing two touchdowns and two picks, or you're Tyrod and you're running for a touchdown and throwing for a touchdown and then throwing for another touchdown, to me that kind of is like good. And on third and six, he can get six yards running, and he did consistently. It's like Fitzpatrick, I wouldn't trust him to hit the tight end on the out. You know what I'm saying? It's like... But then again, I can't trust Tyrod to put the ball on a swing pass in the right spot either. And well, it's like, you know, it's like Tyrod is gone. So Lamar right. Jackson, you don't think would be any of that? No, Lamar Jackson would not be that. Lamar Jackson is going to also, just like Tyrod Taylor, you're going to have to keep somebody an eye on him. So that's an extra defender. But like I said, if you have one-on-one coverage down the field, on the outside, inside, if you're playing off, he's going to hit his receivers fast. Um, He's going to let his playmakers do things. He's going to throw the ball downfield to let his receivers make plays. Um, Yeah, he is, like I said, better than Tyrod Taylor. I can't say he's better because, I mean, right now he's in college, but I project him to be a better player than Tyrod Taylor because of his decision-making. Is he worth the 12th overall pick? I... It's a possibility. and I love I, dual I, threats, man. I love a when, dual threat quarterback. When, when they projected him that, you know, he could go, and I honestly don't think he would. I think he's going to go in the top 15, personally. I don't think he's just going to be lingering around. I think people see his abilities, and I think they've seen what, especially with what Deshaun Watson did last year, I mean, they're going to say, hey, this guy might be the next Sean Watson. You know, maybe we should just move up, trade up three spots from, you know, 18 to 15 or, you know, I'm just, you know, theorizing. I don't know who's actually got the pick there. But um, these are things that could very well happen. You can market him to me, man. And, and honestly, uh, I will say one thing with the Bills is they kind of do well, what the let, fans want, the ownership. Let me, just, let me just say, the only quarterback that I personally would not take I'm not going to trade up for um, anybody. I'm not trading two first-round picks, yada, yada. I'm not going to do that. Not with, from what I've seen from film, I think they can stay pat, and I think they'll have a viable quarterback if they so choose to use that first pick. You could package any of these six because I have a pretty good idea. You could package any of them and sell somebody tickets. Trust me. They're all marketable. They all... You don't get to this level, and, and you don't have a draft flooded this way because it's like, man, they don't have quarterbacks. So guess what? There is no quarterbacks in the NFL, really, that are worth the shit, more than like seven of them, and two of them are dinosaurs to three of them are dinosaurs, so maybe ten of them. So three of them are dinosaurs. You have a couple in the middle of the row like Stafford. But, like, I mean, Rodgers, Breeze, Brady, how much time do they got? Rivers, how much time do they have? You have – to get a quarterback just to because well, they'll what, be on the cutting edge by the time this shit what i wouldn't goes. do is i wouldn't trade a whole bunch of picks to take sam darnold who i have ranked fourth okay sam darnold number four sam, sam darnold. darnold i put sam darnold at number four now i, I sammy do like boy i like that four. name sam 
right. I, I'm done. I, I'm keen on these quarterbacks in the top four. I think they'll all be just fine in the NFL. Um, Sam Darnold can make all the throws. He's got good footwork. He moves around in the pocket. Give us his background. Where do you play? What kind of competition? USC. So he played in the Pac-12, which has not been the same Pac-12, so I wouldn't exactly say his competition um, that he's seen has been um, what it would have been in years past. And a lot of quarterbacks that come out of UCA are USC tend to not be good. There's a few exceptions, of course, but um, I put him there because his decision-making, I mean, if you turn the ball over in college, there's a good chance you're going to turn the ball over in the NFL. If you have a bad completion percentage, you're probably still going to have a bad completion percentage, but he has a lot of turnovers. He makes poor decisions. Um, I don't know if that was just, you know, it could very well just be, hey, he was on a team. They weren't very good. He was trying to overcompensate because that is a thing, you know, that's very possible. But the amount of turnovers that he had this year, um, I put him at number four. Um, He has a, a relatively quick release it's not like lightning but it's a it's a decent release he can throw it from multiple positions you know like brett Favre, aaron Rodgers. um but yeah is he a brett Favre? no he doesn't have that arm strength he is not a brett Favre. what about as far as slinging it on balance brett Favre was awesome to watch with that oh yeah brett Favre. i mean how many plays um do you watch where he would just flick it, flip it, you know, throw it under. Not far, but a good flick for my notes is what you would say. Yeah, exactly. A little little flick, a little toss. So like a nice Vic flick. Even even almost like a basketball shot, like a one-handed up. So, um, and then that brings me to number three, uh, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen has an amazing release. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Mike. Dad, (laughs) Dad, you're a father. I'm not, okay? I'm just a stepdaddy now. I'm not a dad. I haven't birthed a kid. I have two dogs, but we're not blood. You know, so Josh Rosen, college competition. Start there. Josh Rosen was also in the Pac-12 UCLA. Okay, again, it's was a it's considered top five, but they were on the bottom portion of the top five. That's why they didn't send a team to the the final four there. Um, okay, competition. I mean, there's a few decent teams, but like I said, they're not the the division itself, the conference itself is not what it was in years past. Um, but Josh Rosen, his footwork is on point. He keeps his head up. His release is lightning. His release, I think is, and I mean, fastest. I would say fastest and I'm not, I don't have a a stopwatch. I'm just watching the tape. That ball comes out of his hands quick. Um, so mechanically sound footwork and, and like, like a pitcher, like everything just kind of, everything is smooth. It's butter. So the Hmm. downside for him, is you know injury you get some head injuries 
And, you know, going forward, is that going to be a continuous thing, especially with the way the NFL treats um, concussions today, the way athletes are retiring early? His family is wealthy as it is. He's not going to be starved for money if he doesn't play in the NFL or if he can't play in the NFL if he continues to have these head injuries. So that would be my primary concern with him. But if I, you know, if you feel that he's just going to be healthy and you're going to protect him, kid's got some game. He can get the ball out of his hands. He makes good decisions. He doesn't turn the ball over too much. Um, I mean, he can do some things. On the drama part of Rosen, Man, I was like, man, I want this rich kid and yada, 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 and fuck all that, you know. But I'll tell you what, having a kid that don't have to worry about money and people going, hey, man, can I get tickets? Hey, man, nah, you can hire somebody to do all that bullshit and just worry about having a good time with life and, like, playing football and just focusing on football. That doesn't mean, like, you fans out there, most people think that, and I used to too that, God damn, they got to be doing football 12 hours a day. How dare you screw up? Uh, and it's like, no, man, it's still a job. Okay, you got to, if you play music, you got to play music. If you're in art, you got to do that to balance out, you know? So it's like for for Josh Rosen to go off on uh, on Twitter, that was pretty rad um, about Trump. So, like, you know, I like a guy like that, especially if he's rich. It's like almost kind of the opposite where um, I know, like, Tommy Hilfiger's kid raps or something. And uh, my one friend was really into him. And I was like, dude, how are you going to listen to that rap guy? He's like, man, maybe his perspective is different. He has all the money. He has all the glitz and the glamour. Maybe his perspective is it's all bullshit. So what I'm trying to say is Josh Rosen, as long as people like him on his team and you don't have the Jimmy Clausen fish smell, I think you're all good. You know what I mean? And, and and I and I think he'll be just fine. And I think if the Bills can get him at 12, he's probably my number two to three between him and Lamar Jackson. So um, who's your number two? Number two, and this may surprise some people, I got Mason Rudolph. Really? He's six foot five. He's 22, and of all the quarterbacks, well, not all, because there's still one more on the list. College and competition. Um, he was in the Big 12. Um, again, I mean, he played some competition, Oklahoma, um, Oklahoma State. The thing with him, his ability to move around – he can spin off, give himself some more time inside and outside the pocket, and his ability to hit his receivers in stride is nice. Countless tape after tape, game after game, I've seen him hitting wide receivers in stride, in stride, in stride. Um, whether they were covered or open, didn't matter. He can throw the ball downfield. He can throw it inside, outside. Um, however, he is coming off of a, a system based where, you know, for the most part, his reads were done pre-snap and he knew where he was throwing the ball. 
Um, but when he delivered the ball, the the ball typically went to the target. That should should transpose right to reading a defense, so it doesn't matter. Right. So, like I said, he's a big guy. He's got a good arm, good release. He can throw long, intermediate, and short passes, and he's very accurate. So he makes all the throws. He can make all the throws. Um, And like I said, of the quarterbacks, I would say he's in the top three for accuracy among all of them. So, like I said, I like his footwork. And the thing I liked the most was his ability to hit his players in stride. Just watching him. I mean, it, if he's like, he'd be a player that I could see, you know, the Bills taking at 22, you know, if, if they drafted somebody else, best player at 12, and they're sitting there at 22, and he's still there, I could very well see the Bills taking Mason Rudolph at 22. Okay, um, okay. I got, I, mean, a, I got an interesting follow-up on that. When you're, when well, you're I, I could also see somebody saying, hey, we watched this tape. This guy's six foot five. He's 22, and he looks like he can make all the throws. We can get him to read defenses. Um, because he wasn't in a pro-style offense. Um, I could see him going anywhere from, you know, 15 to the end of the first round, maybe even in the second. But at 22, if he's there, you can take him. So why do people not have Mason Rudolph higher in the national media than Josh Allen? Well, here, interestingly enough, I'm at CBS Sports, and they got their 2018 rankings. They have Mason Rudolph as the number one overall quarterback, and they have I heard him, that. They have them. At, he has them at ten. I don't know whose list it is because the name's not at the top. Mm-hmm. So CBS Sports has Mason Rudolph as the number one quarterback, and after I watched some footage, that's why I went so high with him myself he can make all the throws. And like I said, it's not just making the throws because there's a lot of quarterbacks that can make the throws. I mean, his down or downfield throws, he wasn't just hitting his receivers. He was hitting them in stride where they could, they had their step and they caught the ball and kept going. Cause a lot of times you see that downfield throw, the receivers got a step, but it's underthrown just a bit. They still come down with the ball, but they're tackled right there where they catch it. They still might get 30, 40 yards or, 20 yards, however far down the field they are, they're still getting the yards. On countless times, he hit them in stride and they were just gone. So that ability is not something you can teach. Not everybody has that. If everybody had it and everybody could do it, no one would be looking for a quarterback right now. So uh, I don't know. I don't know why he ain't freaking like the guy that people want to have because I can see him fitting in Cleveland, learning how to be a pro behind Tyrod. I mean, and, it, and maybe even it, beating him out at the, camp. He could beat him. He could beat Tyrod out at camp if he can make the it's throws. It's the intangibles. I mean, although he can make the arm, he doesn't have a rifle. He's not gonna put the ball on a line from um, the twenty and zip it to the fifty. How many it's times gonna, do you need to though? I mean, yes, I mean, exactly. I, you it, know well, what I'm saying. It's are, like these, I mean, that's the media, a job of a court, I mean, That's a job of the, the offensive coordinator. The long ball, okay, so. If you don't have a cannon, you know, you're more precise and, you know, 
I mean, if you're like Tom Brady coming into the draft, you're not special. No one's the people like him. Fucking Tom Brady. Who cares? Okay, you don't have the skill sets. You don't have the things that just pop off the page. Like, oh my God, this guy can, you know, from his knees throw the ball 80 yards downfield. That's amazing. Like, well, the greatest thing about that, that never happens in football because you'd be down if you have a knee on the ground. So, um, but yeah, his ability to hit receivers and stride, phenomenal. So I got him number two. Well, listen, I want to talk more about this kid because you made me kind of fall in love with him here because, um, you know, I really, and at the end of the your number one, we got to go into if the Bills don't draft a quarterback round one. And so... Mason Rudolph is a guy that, again, you could see him in Cleveland. You could see him with the Bills. You could see him slip to Cleveland, you know, in round two um, as well. But, I mean, this sounds like a guy that you could really build with because if there's one thing I talk about a lot, it's accuracy. And the reason I talk about accuracy, I'm going to preface this to you fans again and, like, friends and everybody my view on accuracy is you just can't teach it. And in this microwave league, you don't have development time. And with the rosters being so small, you don't have development time. With the central bargaining agreement, players are only allowed to do X amount. Like, And things are really finicky. Okay, There's even times where they can't talk to the players. But it's been weird lately. They've been allowing them to do a lot of weird shit. And it's like, I just, I, you know, you can't. Everybody says take a quarterback every year. There's some crazy people, I should say. And you, they just won't see the reps. And um, that's what you have to be there with. We don't have time to fix Ryan Fitzpatrick's accuracy. But granted, his stats, believe it or not, kept ascending. And that was right from, from his mouth, talking with John Murphy a couple of years ago. And uh, the year he was lighting it up. And um, with the Jets. So it's like, you know... You can't teach accuracy, Mike. And, and and when you get to the NFL, it's the coach's job to transition these kids and to design plays for them. And I've crushed Mike Shanahan a billion times when we were friends back with the Redskins at the time. Shoot, I always say four skins or say that Washington team. Damn it. Um, so that Washington team, you know, he built an offense around RG3. He just happened to die. But he did put him in the best position to be in to win the game. You know, so it's like, that's what I need from the coach. If if you don't think that Mesa Rudolph can beat out A.J. McCarron in camp, that's cool. That's fine. I'm down to be patient, okay? But what I do care is you surround either one of them with talent, and, and that's cool. And I need to get that support. I'm going to get my claws into whoever they draft this draft, and I'm going to love it. You know, it's the first draft of being. I'm very stoked. Um, so on to your number one quarterback. Well, Dave, after you opened up and let us know who your favorite quarterback was, that's who I have at number one, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, again, I, too, am very high on accuracy. Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma. Number six, Baker Mayfield, Mr. Moxon himself. Um, He's got a lot of confidence. He's a little undersized, and that's his big knock. Um, I mean, he's 
just under six foot one. I think he measured at, you know, six foot and I don't know, three eighths or something like that, or six eighths. Um, so he's undersized as a quarterback. If Baker Mayfield was six, three, there wouldn't even be a question. People, if Baker Mayfield would be the number one overall pick hands down. If he was six, three to six, five, no one would even say nothing. It would be Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. His footwork's phenomenal. His accuracy is impeccable. His ability to create time and space in the pocket is remarkable. He's gone up against great teams. Um, and in big moments, he hasn't let down um, Ohio State. Um, he had uh, Georgia Bulldogs. He had a huge half against them until they made some adjustments on defense. Um, his team he, loves him, man. Like he, The team rallies around him, and the guy is accurate. He moves around. He makes good decisions. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's pretty much everything you want in a quarterback, but he's a few inches short. Um, and that's why he is not so high on so many other Things And this is like after I review just the top six, I mean, there's other quarterbacks out there. Um, but after I went through and did that, um, I put him number one and I came to the realization that the bills don't need to do anything at the draft. Um, I would not trade my picks. I'm not trying to get into the top five. You'd have to give way too many picks. And I think that, I mean, because you're in, you're in a, a position. So if you trade a whole bunch of picks and let's say you get, let's say they go get Josh Allen and Josh Allen flops. Well, you just not only traded up, you got rid of a whole bunch of draft. No, you're fired, dude. Them. You are fired. You're done. You're, you're done. It's, you got to be a moron to fuck this so, draft up. So I think their, their philosophy should be stay pat. Let's see what other teams are doing. I mean, because they can either take a quarterback at 12 or they can take a quarterback at 22. Um, like I said, the top five quarterbacks are all, I mean, even Josh Allen, he can be more than what I've seen on tape. It's just he needs to learn touch. I mean, he can't throw the ball at his running back's feet on a play out of the backfield. I mean, that's that's just not a throw you can make in the NFL and survive. But um, the Bills need to just stay pat, and there's going to be a talented quarterback waiting for them and whether the the run on the quarterbacks, the run is fierce on those quarterbacks. They may want to just take one at twelve. And I am in the in the philosophy that you take best available, which is oddly enough, they have <laughs> CBS Sports. Like I said, they have Mason Rudolph actually ranked tenth overall on um, in the draft. So according to them, if he was available at twelve, they would take him. Um, but you still have to take the best available players. So if they don't take him and they take the best player, whether that be, I mean, I don't think, um, I don't think Roquan Smith would be there. I mean, if he was there, they, they're going to take him at 12. And this is like a situation like hypothetical, but if Roquan Smith was there at 12, they will draft Roquan Smith because that Luke Keekley guy you're talking about, there's your comparable. Like these linebackers don't come around often. So, 
that would be someone they would want to take. But I could see them then moving from 22 to somewhere between 15 and 18. They wouldn't have to use a lot of draft capital to make the jump that far, maybe give up a second-round pick, maybe their you know, first, second, and they can slide up, and whoever is going to move back, you know, maybe five to eight spots, that might be enough. You know, maybe they have to throw in, like, a, a fifth-rounder or a, a second and a fourth or something. Um, so I could see them moving up for uh, a Mason Rudolph come draft day. Or just stay in pat. Maybe they feel that everybody else that needed a quarterback addressed it, and maybe they just kind of sit. But I, I could, I could literally see six quarterbacks going in the first round this year. Mike, yeah. Who could slip to the Bills at? Let's say let's say that they don't take a quarterback. Let's just say that. They don't take a quarterback. Okay. Is there somebody next year that they could take and be patient on and develop? Well, or it, or a second that, round pick that you could develop and put them into that is that's the that's the interesting thing here. Okay. You just picked up AJ McCarrens. Okay. He's, you really don't yeah. have a need to draft a quarterback unless you feel like that guy is so great you can't pass him talent-wise. Because like I said, you don't want to just draft a quarterback. Like, if you don't think that quarterback's the best player on the dra- in on the board or better than what you have, why draft him? makes no sense. Now, if you think you can roll, this is a hypothetical. So you don't draft a quarterback. And let's say A.J. McCarron bombs, okay? Well, guess what? If A.J. McCarron bombs, the defense – um lost some players. The offense lost two starting linemen. You lost receivers. I mean, you lost a lot of pieces this year, right? Well, now instead of winning nine games, what if you win three games? Guess where you're going to be drafting? You're going to be drafting very high, okay? Very high. And if you're drafting very high, look at all the teams that this year will have just address their quarterback need. They won't be looking for a quarterback next year. Man, don't drag me through that shit, Mike. I am not dealing with that shithole of a season, dude. It's not happening. Because yeah. it's like, <laughs> dude, no way, man. Season? Oh, my God. Remember when the Bills went 0-8? Oh, dude. And Andy was telling us, we got to put in Fitzpatrick because he throws in the double coverage. And he was so right. Oh, oh man. If they have a terrible season, watch. I'm gonna walk you through. Stop, man. Don't. I'm gonna walk you through. Just put talent around AJ McCarron. Like I don't care if that means you gotta trade a first round pick. If you don't get the goddamn guy you want, trade a first round pick for a guy who is a couple freaking thing. Actually, that's stupid as hell. What am I talking about? Don't do that. All right. So let's let's go through how many teams would need a quarterback next year. All right, the New England Patriots, if they don't get one, Tom Brady, they're going to need a quarterback, right? All right, so maybe you got the Dolphins. The Jets would be not looking for a quarterback. Steelers might be looking for a quarterback. Ravens. But now also think of all the teams that I'm mentioning. How many of those teams are going to be drafting before the Bills if the Bills have a bad season? So New England, 
is going to have a better season than Buffalo. Miami, if the Bills do bad, that's a good chance they too could have a better season than Buffalo if they beat them. Um, Pittsburgh's going to have a better season. Baltimore is going to have a better season. Hey, the Red Rifle over there in Cincinnati is still going to get his things done. They'll be drafting before Buffalo. Cleveland will have just addressed their QB situation. Maybe Jacksonville. Colts are good. Houston's going to be good. Kansas City Chiefs are good. The Chargers may be looking for someone, but again, they're going to be drafting later in the draft. The Raiders are good. Denver could also address their needs this year. Um, Philadelphia is good. Dallas is good. Washington is good. The Giants, they too will be looking for a quarterback. Minnesota is good. Detroit's good. Green Bay is good. The Bears are good. Saints need a quarterback. Carolina is probably good. Atlanta is good. Tampa Bay is good. So all of the teams that could potentially be looking for a quarterback next year, it's a good chance if the Bills don't do well, they may be the highest on the list. Look, man, so, Mike, what does that say about you if you just predicted the 2019 draft where the Bills are probably going to draft? Well, it's not a prediction. It was a it's a possible theory, Dave. I'm not a I'm not a wizard over here. You're I'm not amazing. You this. That was like a uh, that was like so awesome. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying, if if things don't work out, you don't draft a quarterback this year, and your team has been depleted. There's a good chance you're going to digress from nine. And this is the NFL, and they have one of the harder schedules in the league, so they could easily go from nine to five or less. Okay. And uh, like I said, if six if six teams are happy with the quarterback they pick in the first. Or second round, guess what? They're probably not going to pick another one next year. Hey, So you just have to go to those other teams that have aging quarterbacks, but those teams are still winning. They just need someone to come in after the fact. Check this out, Mike. Weren't you with me, or was I with Andy, and we went to the Stone Yard in Brockport? Yeah, I got the plaque. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers okay. plaque right there. Okay, yeah. Remember, I was the only one that was like, the Bills are not drafting Cam Newton. and Or not the Bills, that uh, that the Panthers weren't going to draft Cam Newton number one because they just drafted Clausen. Remember that? And I was like, they're going to get Cam Newton, the Bills, at three. And then I got mad at Andrew Luck for staying in school because he listened to Peyton Manning. Odd, right? So, like, yeah. Um Andrew Luck well, still fuck you because yeah, I wouldn't mind Cam Newton. Clawson is not like like. You, you remember that though? I was like the only yeah. one who who was but like that, like Clawson was also drafted later. He's he's not like where these guys are projecting. I mean, you're not gonna draft. Yeah, but they say he just had a shithead attitude. That's why he dropped. Yeah. So yo, check this out real quick. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. I'm following. So like, there is so much smoke. Towards the Bills taking a quarterback, it's like that I would usually be the guy to be like, they're not taking one, they're not taking one. But last year, when they got a first-round pick, it's like, in hindsight, I almost wish they would have taken Mahomes. Like, really. Like, I really wish they would just take Mahomes if we could have had a year of Mahomes. You know, like, and it's like, you you got to really think that those guys are better this year than Mahomes. Like, what do you think? How do you think Mahomes would rank in your top six? Would he be in this top six? 
Well, I mean, I haven't actually watched any footage on him, but seeing what he actually did in the NFL the preseason, I mean, obviously, yeah, he's, I mean, yeah, he would definitely be, he would be up on this list. He he would be probably top three for sure. Like I said, but I haven't watched any game tape of him in college, so I don't really have a, a reference point to say where I would put him. I mean, I know he too has a cannon, um, but like I said, I haven't actually seen enough footage of him for me to, to, to say where I would put him on this list. Okay. Um, so, all right. But well, yeah, all um, I know is the Bills are in a good position. Just stay pat and well, we'll be just fine. There you go. There you have it. There's Mike Smith. Um, I got to say, I agree with your list, top to bottom. I can't complain. The only thing is, is kind of how you have a 1A, 1B with shit. Um, you actually have me liking Mason Rudolph better than Lamar Jackson. And Josh Rosen's release and, and great footwork is really attractive to me. Um, Josh Allen, you could package him up to me as Cam Newton. I'll buy it. Uh Baker Mayfield, we already know. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson, I think, is technically taller than him, and so is Drew Brees. So, I mean, I can't make a high argument. That said, um, last I checked, you Russell dra- Wilson is shorter than um, Baker Mayfield. Baker, so follow me. But last I checked, uh, the linemen you draft come from those schools anyways. So, um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine in the NFL. I think, I frankly think measurables are freaking really dumb. And um, I would bet you Bill Belichick might agree with that to a point because it really comes down to getting people doing what they're told and keeping things simple. And that's why you can get vets to go there and play. And they're not going to be superstars, but it's like, man, get a vet with a flashy name in there or a reason to play or something, and they might be... They might be awesome. I mean, Chad Ochocinco seemed dumb as fuck. <laughs> you know, so that backfired. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I got to say, dude, you could package any of these guys. The hardest one to pack up to me is Sam Darnold. I don't think Sam Darnold should be, I don't know. I mean, this might sound absolutely asinine, but, like, I would put him at the, maybe underneath Josh Allen. Because poor decision making in fucking college, stop it! No way. Well, that's and, a second and, round. And that's a third round pick. That's a that's thing, a third the round thing pick. That I would say to that though, he it could be just competitive spirit and that particular aspect of his game. Um, Ryan good, Fitz uh, fucking Patrick. I love yeah, him to death. I want to chill with him. But, like, dude, better. no. He's he's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's better. Really? Okay? Bad decision-making? But not... Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't also have all the measurables that Sam Darnold has. He didn't have the arm. Um, he couldn't make all the throws either. So. Well, Nathan Peterman yeah. played in a pro-style offense. It was supposed to be a second-round pick, but he wasn't. And, like... Who somebody told him to get rid of the ball constantly really damn quick and you'll just have a job. Just do it, kid. And he didn't know the color of his team, as my great friend Mike Sawyer Jr. says every day. 
And who are you talking about? Peter Minigan, a guy who does not recognize his team's jersey color. And it's like, that's what I think about, man. And I'm really scarred with quarterbacks throwing interceptions. I hate it. And Tyrod Taylor, I can get, you could sell me on a guy like that because he's hard to measure for offense because I've already seen him put up two years in a row, 20 something damn points. And all the damn team needed was a damn defense. And they had a better, more opportunistic defense, even though the stats didn't rank out better, but they did have, I would say more opportunistic defense this year. And we saw how that played out. So I am not ready to go back to interceptions. Not happening, man. No, no Sam Donald. I almost want to just cross them all out of my beautiful notes and just like, Throwing in the toilet. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, the my big scare with him is his accuracy. And again, you know, I want a quarterback, dude, that that really does. I don't buy that players transcend systems, but some can. Some can. And I'm the kind of player when I have always done sports, it's like I just want to fit in. When I do well, a band, uh, I just don't want to do too much, but I want to have my own feel, you know? Like, in, in a pro system, like, if they throw a few more screens, I mean, he can get his completion percentage up, but... Um, that, yeah, is the, I mean, that is the that is that is bright side with Lamar's accuracy, though, is it was a lot of downfield stuff, which is good. He Yeah, he's not afraid to throw it downfield. But all right, all right Dave, I got to wrap this up. All right, Mike. It was a so, pleasure talking to you. All right, that's and, Fantasy uh, Smitty on Twitter. We'll see you uh, draft day. All right, buddy. All right, so uh, don't yeah. follow me at uh, yeah on Twitter. Do you want to do a draft show? I could probably get Kevin Masseri yeah. with it. Um, you want to do like a live one? You want to come over? We'll do it at the table with the amps in the yeah, background. Look really cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, then you heard it here last um, Thursday night. Draft show at my house. Um, if anybody wants to come over, any of my friends are more than welcome to come over. That's you, Sloth, Dean, Ronnie. If you want to drive, yeah, I'm bringing, you're more than I'll welcome. bring my brother. My brother will come over. And Who, Danny? Greatness. Yeah, Danny boy. Okay. So, because he wanted to, he wanted to get down on the. Yeah, but we got to have good radio though first. All right, man. Like that's yeah, cool, no, but like yeah. Danny's got to know he's got to be coming hard. Like when he gave me the secret to whoop your ass in Madden. And by the way, who won last time? Okay. Who won last time, Mike? Hey, you know what? If you really want a, a, a solid game, bring your paycheck and then come see me, okay? We'll make sure that I don't let you come back when you're down 14 points. Would you ever do – are you on PS4? No, I'm on Xbox You're a One, fucking anybody? dick. What the fuck is wrong with you? Fucking Xbox bullshit. I want to do a damn fantasy league. Well, like a draft in. league, like a man yeah. ultimate team draft league. Kevin Masuria cover one, uh, or not cover one, uh, lockdown Bills. He had one, and it was really awesome. Rob Quinn, I think, was in it from Bills Wire. It was cool. Uh, who else is in? Uh, another nice kid, Cam, I think. All right, Mike, yeah. I'm out of here. See you later, and uh, thanks Stay for keeping it real, my friends. All right, bud. See it. All right, that's Mike Smith. I love Mike Smith. Um, learned a lot about football from Mike Smith, we'll say. Really cool cat. Always calm. And uh, in my straight edge days, as we call them, um, it's kind of funny. My friends get to meet my wife. And we have some, like, mutual friends. And they're like, Smoke Weed Dave is way cooler than, like, 
not smoke weed, Dave. Trust me. Just trust me. And Mike was around like the super high strung, not smoke weed, Dave, and like would just troll me constantly. Just constantly. And I would bite all the time. And, um, yeah. So that's Mike. He's great. Super hilarious. Um, underutilized talent. You know, I just get busy, lazy. Finding how to count the four on drums really interesting. So, like, that's more interesting to me right now than projecting what the horse shit is out there for draft projections. But at the same time, I really do love talking about the draft. At the same time, for a limited time. So, sorry it's been brief this offseason. And you're not just getting some horse shit. I'd rather try to put out quality on podcasts. So, thank you for sticking around and being patient. Um... I definitely don't push this podcast as hard as it could be. Um, but I really just want to keep it genuine and fun. So thank you for tagging along during the off season and um, the draft. And really, though, my favorite part of the draft is learning about everybody and then watching, say, these top six quarterbacks fall. And now that we've gone through pretty much a Cliff Notes version of these quarterbacks from somebody I really trust, I trust Mike. Um, you know, Mike's the kind of guy where he watches the entire NFL. Not many people do that at all. I find it very hard to do. And he knows the nitty gritty on a lot of teams. You know, we rip on these national guys as, as diehards. We rip on them. Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. You have all day to do that. Well, if I put a few hours a week into our podcast so each podcast is a few hours you know and then i have to listen and find and read and find my own source information to come talk garbage over the airwaves you know um you you have to really kind of uh you know you have to work really hard i don't know if i'd be able to cover 32 teams that would be really tough um and you know so common theme for me this offseason has been pump the brakes on the coaching staff and the GM. Let them do their job. It's not I've had a really negative overtone. So I just hate when people just gush over people that don't prove themselves yet. So it's like let McDermott get some time because when he lets you down, you're gonna run him out of town so fast. And Buffalo fans, sorry, we're pretty bad. We're pretty bad with that. Get rid of the guy. And if the Bills don't draft a quarterback, I'll be really shocked. Where their smoke, there's fire. And my point with the whole Cam Newton draft was I was the only one who was like, Cam Newton ain't going to Carolina. No way. No way. No way. And he did. So I'm not going to be the guy that goes, the Bills ain't taking a quarterback. I think that the Bagulas want to make the fans happy. The fans are desperate. For somebody to latch on to. To believe in. It's a cycle. We believe in the guy for a year. Or you let him show what he's got. If you show some flashes early on. He's got a good story. Lights it up a training camp. Name anything you want there. You're really behind him. Um, and... You can go another year. Can't wait to see him develop. 
Then you go another year, and then you're kind of ready to run him out of town if he doesn't correct anything. But you could also get a guy like E.J. Manuel who gets 17 games in Buffalo. And I really believed in E.J. Manuel in the Cleveland game where he got hurt. Him and um, what's his face there? You guys know who I'm talking about. He's the backup now of New England again. And um, so... I just don't know this offseason what I want to hitch my wagon to. So I've been kind of lost, really lost. I don't buy that because the Bills made the playoffs or some great team. I honestly think they were a team that was worse than a lot of Bills teams this year. And that's just my opinion. I'm entitled to it. I love big free agent signings. I love names. I love um, guys that look like they're coming in. Um, after their first contract, you know, you, you get some good value out of a guy, you know, and, um, I don't really feel that excited, frankly, this off season, just, just feels kind of stale. I mean, the bill signed Jeremy Curley, like, that's cool. Like, I'm about it. He's solid, very solid. Um, you know. They they did a really nice job, I mean, getting guys that have PD suspensions. That's cool. I mean, so maybe that would say, like, they don't care if players smoke weed, you know. Because, I mean, if you're into, like, HGH, that says, like, you're driven to take care of your body, right? So, like, that's pretty cool. But, um, I mean, the Bills have a lot of holes to fill. They have a lot of holes to fill. Um, you know, the Bills re-signed Eddie Yarborough, Nick O'Leary, Logan Thomas, you know, Jeremy Curley, I mean, could be cool. Um, they also signed Sarlatule's defensive tackle teammate, um, Tony Paglioli. So, I mean, Kevin Missouri from Lockdown Bills um, talked about that, so check that out. Um, and also they signed a couple centers, Russell Boldine and Marshall Newhouse. I covered that a few podcasts ago. And uh, Marshall Newhouse seems like a nice guy. Um, so, look, for me it's just I'm just sitting back here and waiting. You know, if the Bills take a quarterback, like I said, you can package any of these people up. Um, I'm just a fan looking to give something a hug right now, okay? I need to embrace something. It's just kind of grew up around the streets a little bit with pops. And, um, I don't buy snake oil too much. And even though I kind of bought the Rex Ryan shit, Rex Ryan, at least to me, I got to see him manhandle Bill's teams. When he was a, I love that attitude of fuck everybody up in sight. You know, I love that. You know, that was a team. His teams, they believed in each other. And that's, you need a group like that. But you can't have guys that maybe, I don't know if Marcel or Watkins really did have it. I don't know what the deal is. But let's just say the coaches were right and they were hurting the culture. If they're hurting the culture, hmm, you got to get the fuck out, frankly. you, you There's too many 
teams that are, are paying players a lot of stuff. And and if Marcel Darius is lazy or something and entitled, and you're trying to come in as a coach, you're not going to get your message across. And a coach wants job security. And the Bills made the playoffs. And I have to remind myself that. The Bills made the playoffs. But don't think I know. That the team ain't that good. That's the truth. It's the truth. But really. It's an anomaly that the Bills haven't made the playoffs. In 17 years. Before that point. You know. So it's like. For me, keep building. Give me something to believe in. Let's see how this draft goes because the Bills have no wide receivers. And I don't always think getting rid of players because of cap space is worth it. They're already on your team. And, you know, I want playmakers. I want people that when they step on the field... My defense is looking at him. When they step on the field, my quarterback knows he can't go that way. And my receiver knows, or their receiver knows, he ain't coming this way. He's getting hurt. You know, so that's what I look for in football. It's mismatches. That's all the game is. And we buy so much of the drama, I'm guilty of it. All the hearsay of draft picks, I'm guilty of it. But what are we really hearing about in the national news? It's all like garbage. So listen to podcasts like CoverOne.net. It is now branded as an NFL podcast. That's how it should be. So obviously Bill slighted a lot of Bill stuff still. Because it, it, relentless energy Eric Turner and company has. So, you know, shout out to those guys. Um. But follow along. I'll have some more content up before the draft. You heard it here. There will be a draft show presented live, probably on YouTube. So peep that. Maybe I'll simulcast it on Facebook. Facebook is really fun, always. Um, so check that out. I'm your host, David Palermo. Follow me on Twitter, at NumBillsFan. Instagram, at NumBillsFan. Subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a five-star review. If somebody bombards me with their five-star review and gets, like, say, a friend or two to do it, too, just take your mom's phone, subscribe, leave a nice review, and she won't regret it. And surprisingly, if you're a younger audience member, I actually have a lot of older, not older, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but, like, my parents' age listening. And maybe that's because I always grew up around my dad's friends as an only child, so I always known how to bust balls. With people and, and make, try to like get them to laugh a little bit, you know, make them feel comfortable. So, to the older crowd, I have a lot of respect. Been in this a long time. Keep it real. Don't take it too serious. Of course, you don't. You're not serious enough to talk to yourself in a living room and a mic. Right, I gotta go. See you later. Follow along. Numbillsfan.com is uh, being updated. So, some surprises. So take care. Follow along on the all along on the draft Thursday, tongue twister. And um live draft show. Have fun. See ya.